Hi, we are Angie and Annalie, and this is Brain Basement, a podcast where two friends who used to do yoga together in a basement now chat about chaos and wellness. As moms, we understand chaos. As expats, we get what that chaos looks like when you take it overseas. From Manila to San Jose, we share stories of living abroad and explore topics around mental and emotional well-being. This podcast is for expat moms who want to find wellness amidst the chaos of everyday life. Welcome to Brain Basement. We're so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome back to Brain Basement. Um, We are chatting today about a really fun topic and it's all about heavy emotions and we're calling them the heavies and kind of how they relate to foreign service life, but also just life in general. So get excited for that. And first we will have a few breaths and take a little pause with Angie. All right. Right. For all the excitement for shame and guilt. And (laughs) Um, so before we go into that, take a minute to check in with your body. We'll just do three breaths being present in our day or in our evening before we start our conversation. So see if you can relax your shoulders. Maybe connect to your breath a little bit, feeling the inhale, feeling the temperature of the air around you and feeling that release through the exhale, allowing your belly and lungs to empty out all of the old, all of the stagnant, And as you inhale, breathing in, filling up with freshness, with newness, and with presence. So finding that connection to your breath and then recognizing the pace of your breath, what's feeling good for you in this moment, softening your face, See if you can check in with the sounds around you, bringing your awareness to your environment and the space that you are in. And then opening your eyes if you have them closed seeing if you can contain that feeling of presence for our talk, a talk with friends about heavy emotions. (laughs) Sounds like fun, guys. (laughs) It's all about the basement, right? This is the topic. These are the topics that we tackle are all the ones in the basements of our brains and the basement of reality, right? That nobody wants to talk about. 
It's true. These are the things we put in the basement. But then when you go down there and you look at things and you like take a couple boxes out, doesn't it feel like, yeah, that wasn't so hard. Like I feel a little bit better having gone down there. It wasn't that scary, dark basement that I've been avoiding mm -hmm. all of this time. It's true in, in like real life and in the, the, basement in our brain mm -hmm. and we're gonna tackle both Let's... <laughs> I, love, I love that you say just take out a couple boxes because really that's i can't i feel like i can't manage any more than just a box at a time so we'll take out the, the heavy emotions box today all right let's check it out unpack it a bit yeah Get your so, flashlights, put on your headlamps. We're going in for the deep dive, you guys. <laughs> and your favorite cardigan. Keep that on because that just feels good <laughs> when you talk about this stuff. All the comfort. Yeah. Um, what do you think are the heavy feelings? Oh, so I guess my speaking of brains, my brain went first to heavy emotions that I felt while living overseas mm -hmm. and that I attribute to living overseas. Like the fact that I'm feeling them is because I'm overseas, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is just an interesting thought in and of itself. Cause I'd probably feel them anywhere else too, even if I never moved. But so some that come to mind are loneliness. That's been one that resonated <laughs> Mm -hmm. has resonated with me and I felt over the course of foreign service life also resentment which honestly I don't even want to say that one out loud because that one feels super basementy to me like I don't <laughs> want to touch it um but I'm willing to take a look at it today and those were the biggest for me what about you um I thought of shame as one of the big ones and grief mm -hmm. and I and then I kind of thought of fear which doesn't necessarily seem like a heavy emotion when I first think of what is the emotion of fear but it was when I was thinking of shame what is that shame it's really like me being afraid that you know, someone else is going to see or some, and then I realized that fear was sort of also a part of grief too. It's like that fear of loss. And then I wondered if fear was tied to everything. Is fear like the, the hoodie sweatshirt that, that shame and <laughs> grief are both wearing like in their, their big heavy state, are they both wearing like a gray sweatshirt of fear and it comes cloaked you know it's part of every emotion yeah. um loneliness i hadn't thought of yeah well and what i was thinking was um when i think of heavy emotions something that comes to mind is you know you hear these terms primary and secondary emotions mm -hmm. and i've also heard them called like clean and dirty emotions yeah so i looked into that a little bit and you know primary emotions being something happens and we feel something it's like that first feeling that comes up 
when we feel something mm-hmm. or when we experience something. But the secondary emotion comes with time. Like maybe we're brooding over what happened and then the secondary emotion comes up or maybe we're judging the fact that we felt that primary emotion. Mm-hmm. So that secondary emotion comes up. And I was thinking of loneliness kind of in these terms of primary and secondary. And even, even though so many of the heavy ones, I feel like fit in that category of secondary, like they come up when I'm like brooding over what happened or um, kind of feeling, I, I, I consider them stuck, like kind of more stuck emotions, but mm-hmm. loneliness to me feels pretty primary. Like it feels like there's a simplicity to it that something happens and it's just kind of this simple, sad feeling of feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of interesting to me that heavy emotions don't always have to be like, like the big scary ones that are a result of judging yourself for feeling a certain way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so but it, it doesn't mean that loneliness can't feel super heavy too. And, you know, there have been times overseas where it's really has. Yeah. And I, I fully expect that emotion to not go anywhere. It feels like it's a little bit of a companion, a travel companion. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like worse. it's part of moving. I, I mean, it was interesting how you said it. You can connect emotions to a location. I think I do that a lot. I I wonder if people who live in the same place do that or, but I I definitely connect like an overall one or two emotions with one place that we've lived and have. And then I think it also, it changes with time as we, okay, so, I don't know if I'm being clear here, but like the way that you said loneliness can be your initial primary reaction. And then it's like, as we move away from a place and we think about it, I maybe change it to like more happy memories, or I focus on, you know, the hardship of like the house in that one post was really like challenging for me or our neighborhood or something about it. And then I, I kind of whittle it down to those two things and maybe forget the rest or, or maybe make a happier version than I had the first time there. Or I, it's possible that I have a darker version of it. But so I do think there are like those so many possible layers. There's that primary one, and then we can turn it into the secondary one, because now we're not even feeling loneliness. We're just like thinking about being lonely and how lonely we can feel even surrounded by friends, even after we know all the people in the neighborhood and we know all the people at the cocktail parties. Yeah. Um, just Yeah. Go ahead. I think um, one thing that helps me when I'm looking at some of these heavier emotions is um, I like the phrase emotions are information and Mark Brackett kind of coined this phrase um, who he's the director for the center of emotional intelligence at Yale and a different way of saying it is um, 
emotions are data. And Susan David says that, and she's over at Harvard doing a similar thing. But I think when I put it in those terms, like if I'm going to just choose loneliness, like this is data, you know, like this is information for me. And like you said, it feels so scary to kind of look at some of these emotions that are in the basement. Um, and as long as they're in the basement and I'm not taking a look at them, they kind of grow into the spooky monster in the basement. But when I think about it, like loneliness is just a piece of information that I can look at and investigate. And another thing that um, Susan David talks about, this is one of my favorite things she teaches, but she says that behind every emotion is something that we value. And so I, that kind of releases the tension and anxiety around some of these heavier emotions too for me. Because if I'm looking at loneliness and thinking, huh, what, what's on the other side of loneliness? What is, what value might there be? Something that I really care deeply about. Um, and I think it's connection. You know, I really thrive off connection. And when I don't have that connection in my life, or maybe the right type of connection, then the result is often that I end up feeling lonely. And even just making that connection with connection and loneliness <laughs> is super helpful for me because then I can say, okay, so then what? Like, is there anything I can do to kind of feed, like enhance that value of connection in my life? Does oh, that, make that is genius yes um thinking of every emotion as data and what does this mean about me is so much more like that's so much more doable than like trying to avoid the emotion which is what i think you were saying when it's like we leave the box in the basement and we're like i do not want to look at resentment <laughs> That yeah. sounds terrible, right? Like I'm feeling resentment, like, and then we just initially think that means I'm selfish or that means like, I'm, you know, that's like angry and being bitter or something. So I don't want to look at that. And it's like, we're trying to avoid it by feeling like, oh, I just feel sort of anxious and fearful that I'm kind of resentful now, but I'll just won't look at that. And it's like, we're, now we're still feeling resentful and we're feeling like anxious about our resentment because we don't want to look at it and we sort of know it's there and we're trying to ignore it. So I think um, one thing that happened to me this week that I'm I'm working on experiencing my emotions on just letting them be. So instead of that, like, ooh, I think I might be feeling sort of resentful and journaling about it and sort of admitting to myself, like, yeah, I'm feeling really bitter right now. I have a tendency to just do exactly what you said, put it away, not look at it, be like, mm, I'm going to try to be happy today. I'm just going to enjoy the day. I'm at least, you know, I have that lunch date to look forward to or something. And I'm trying not to avoid my emotions. So one thing I had to do this week was just write an email that was hard for me to write. I don't like confrontation. You know, I don't want to write anything that disagrees with someone. And this was a family situation I had. And I sent the email and hit send. And I just had a huge knot in my stomach. And I felt like sort of jittery. And I thought, I'm just going to feel all of this discomfort right now. 
Um, and then I had like, I wanted to go, I wanted to watch Netflix or go for a walk. I wanted to eat some food. I had all these different things that my brain went to, to like avoid this. And this was not a heavy emotion. I was just bringing this up as like a small snapshot of <laughs> what happened in my week, but just allowing myself to process and sit there and think, okay, this is what it feels like. I just sent that email. It possibly could make someone like mad or angry or upset. I'm not doing exactly what they want or expect of me. You know, and I had to just kind of sit with all of that, but then it really did feel like the rest of my day, I did sort of let it go. And I didn't, normally I would have had that in the back of my mind, like, what about that email? And I might've kept checking my email to see if I'd gotten a response and been more nervous about it. Yeah, that's super interesting because I keep going back to that scary monster in the basement. And that's what I was thinking as you were describing what happened, like, and all the things that you wanted to do with yourself to get away from that emotion. And um, it brought to mind this other, this experience I had a few years ago where someone was coming to my house to have kind of a difficult conversation. And I knew it was going to be difficult because I had kind of like your email. I knew I had to talk about something that was not going to be fun to talk about. And I had to be really frank and um, straightforward. And before that person came to my house, yeah, I felt like I I felt like a monster was coming to my house or someone was going to attack me. And I just took a moment to think about what was happening. And I had to talk to myself through that experience and say, a person is coming to my house. No one's going to attack me. No one's going to hurt me. We're going to have a conversation and then it's going to be over. But it's just amazing how powerful some of these emotions can be that they really do trigger that fight, flight, or freeze response within us where it's like, I'm in danger. But to be able to just kind of take a breath and like you said, just sit there and feel it, give it a name and say, this is fear. This is anxiety. I feel like I'm going to be attacked, but I'm not going to be. And, and realize that in that box that we bring out of the basement to look at these hard emotions. It's just an emotion inside. Mm -hmm. It's not anyone that's going to hurt me. And, but it's just so fascinating that our brain and our bodies act the way they respond to these emotions. Like I really need to protect myself right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, you know, how I felt. And I'm just, I'm like in the, safe space of my home, (laughs) you know, sending an email, not that I, that no one's standing over me, making me send, you know, I'm, I'm honestly choosing to like, I want to communicate this, even though it's hard, this is something I want to do. And, and all of the things, just that simple task comes up. So let alone like the heavy, heavy things. I also think about the things we're like carrying with us from childhood, as like the big heavy ones, right? Like we've allowed them to like grow and grow (laughs) into this 
thing and these these labels that we have as like like if we were a shy child you know and then just saying i'm shy and and having that for your whole life as part of who you are and then maybe you have some shame around that because someone made you feel guilty for being shy you know your your uncle at one point said like well she barely talks above a whisper and i never hear her say anything you know something and it's like we carry these things with us and they do become heavy we're like lugging it around Mm -hmm. whether we are shy now whether we're not shy whether you know whether we've decided that we're really close with certain people in our lives who know all the gregarious parts of our personality or I mean who even knows how it is now we don't have to carry these things from childhood but we could take it out and look at it and say I was shy then who am I now (laughs) yeah it's true I heard someone write about grief and the kind of the metaphor they used is this backpack that they just wake up and put on every day like Mm -hmm. this it's a backpack that they carry around that it's just a reflex you know we and I guess it's true for so many of these emotions especially the ones you're talking about that we've carried for so many years and it's it's almost just automatic we get out of bed and we put on that backpack of emotions that we're always we've always carried around and we're not realizing that we're carrying it. And I was even thinking the other day, cause it was a Monday. I woke up on a Monday morning and my thoughts I realized were all having to do with Monday. Mm-hmm. And then those thoughts were yielding all these emotions that belonged to my Monday emotions. And so I was thinking about on Mondays, I totally get out of bed and pick up a different backpack of thoughts and emotions than I do on Friday. Like Friday, my thoughts are totally different. It's like, it's Friday. It's the weekend. Like there's nothing to do. I don't have to do anything today and I can totally get by it because it's the weekend tomorrow and we can catch up or whatever. But I think that's so interesting because like you said, we oftentimes just don't even know what we're carrying around. That's it. It's all awareness. Like hearing you say like, oh, I just noticed I have a, I have a Monday, like pattern of thinking, right? Like these are things we would never, ever notice, or we can get to age 44 and not know, not that you're that old, Annalie, but I am like, um, but you know, and, and then I can realize like, oh, (laughs) like I have a, um, Friday mindset of being like, okay, I don't have to do too much today because it can wait until Monday. Yeah. And I think, is there any other way to relieve or loosen up some of these emotions than just taking a good hard look at it? I just don't know another way. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've got to look at it, right? Because avoiding it, it's just not helping. Best case scenario would be that it's not growing (laughs) and you're avoiding it, right? But it's still there. And like it's nice idea to think that it's not affecting us but kind of everything is affecting us so it is i think it is like safer it's less dangerous to look at it right to just sit down and journal about it for 
one page and it, and it's scary to think like I have to unpack all of this and go into like six months of therapy to get through you know this trauma that I experienced but it's safer to think maybe I can just look at this for 10 minutes today I think I'm just gonna look into why I'm feeling that because like you said it's always there's always the other side of it I was talking with a client this week and he mentioned feeling like rejected by his wife and then um we realized that just that feeling of rejection like what does that mean you know it's what just what you said like a seeking connection right i want to be connected so and that's a great thing to know like okay if i'm if i want connection how can i build that instead of just feeling like, geez, there I'm rejected again. Now I'm just looking for places in which I can recognize how rejected I am. And it's yeah. just not helpful. No, it's so true. I love that you said it's safer to take a look at it now versus what can it become later on. And I, with, because we haven't taken a look at it. I was talking to a friend this week about this and she, we were talking about how mindfulness is being taught more in the schools and her fifth grader, um, they were, she noticed that her mom was having this conversation on the phone with some adult family members about angry anger. And um, it was a bunch of adults that were just trying to like make sense of this emotion of anger and not really getting to the point of it. And she got off the phone and her daughter was like, oh, I noticed you were guys were talking about anger. And she was like, yeah, what, like, why were you noticing that? And she's like, well, because in school, we learned that, you know, if we hold up our right hand, these are our emotions. And there's nothing wrong with them. We just feel certain things and they come in and go. And she's like, but in the left hand is how we react to them and the decisions we make about our emotions. And she said, and then she took the both hands and we're kind of like, she was putting space in between them. And she's like, we just have to learn how to put a little space in between the two hands, like our emotions and the way we were reacting to them. And she was like, oh my gosh, my fifth grader was just able to summarize in one minute, like what is going on with emotional intelligence and what it means to be emotionally literate than this group of like adults that were trying to, you know, hammer out this emotion of anger. Yeah, and like, she can said, I get the name going of back to your school? point about how it's safer. Yes, exactly. I know, right? And like, why aren't we doing that? But it it's safer to look at it now. Like it's kids to be learning it now because she's like, look at all the money I would have saved in like therapy and, um, and all these expenses I've had to make because I, I've had to learn how to feel my feelings and, and the feelings that I've been carrying around have evolved into things that I've really had to get help for, which there's nothing wrong with getting help. It's great to get help, but she was just making the point that how safe is it? Like you said, how, much more beneficial is it to just try to unpack it right now instead of letting it evolve into that thing that might cost us a lot of money. Yes, exactly. If our kids can learn this, that they're instead of learning good emotions and bad emotions, or like you said at the beginning, kind of like clean or dirty emotions and 
um, I think we just do have this tendency to say like joy. Yeah, I can feel that. That feels good. Resentment. No, don't want to feel that. Put that away. And if we could just recognize like, yeah, resentment, that's part of the human emotion. That's what I'm feeling right now. It like if our kids can do that in fifth grade, how awesome is that? Totally. Well, and I think to, in terms of safety too, like coming back to my emotions of loneliness and resentment and the primary and secondary, I think that resentment is my secondary version of loneliness. That if I'm feeling lonely overseas, I want to blame it on someone. You know, I want to blame it on the lifestyle. I want to blame it on the job because it's not my fault. I'm lonely. Yes. Well, it always feels better to place the blame with someone else. I, I like blaming everything, the weather, <laughs> it's my husband's fault a lot of the times. Oh, totally. And when you're sitting in a house overseas, it's so available. That <laughs> blame is like on the kitchen counter for me to pick it up. It's like, oh yeah, it's the job, you know? <laughs> yes. And then guess what? We're like this, we're like those people that just blame and complain and guess what that means we are resentful like everyone who meets us is gonna be like that's like such a bitter woman living next door to us and so you know it's like we're trying to avoid the thing and then we're creating more of it in our life and i don't mean that you and i are the bitter resentful <laughs> people are you sure I'm sure at times I am. I'm sure there are days where I'm that woman and good grief. I hope the neighbor doesn't meet me on that day for the first time ever. And that's the impression I make, but I'm sure that happens. <laughs> yeah, no, for me too. And now that I know a little bit more about emotions, it helps me to think, what if, like, what is that? What's the value behind my resentment? Like, right. what, is, what is the thing that I'm not getting? And maybe it's like, again, and I'm not connecting, or maybe I feel like my voice isn't being heard. Like I'm not being heard. Okay. Mm -hmm. How can I help myself be more heard? You know, how do I find my voice in that new environment? And but then it's all, it all goes back to us, right? It's like, you're not connecting with yourself. Like you feeling lonely is because you're there and you don't know anyone yet. And now it's this whole opportunity for you to connect with yourself. But then that feels so uncomfortable to us. We're like, good grief. I don't <laughs> know my, I'm going to have to look in the basement if I'm connecting with myself. Like I'm so lonely. Why can't I get some other people in here to like distract me? Yeah, that's true. Actually, I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> now let's yeah. move into like analyze Annalie. We're <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden we're in a therapy session. So <laughs> right. Annalie's resentment. No, and it's helpful for me to just, yeah, take a look and then just take it back to that first initial emotion, like that primary emotion, like I'm just lonely. Like there's a little girl inside of me that, yeah, it, I just want a friend, you know, mm -hmm. and move out of that resentment and realize that I probably could feel lonely anywhere on this planet and it doesn't have to be tied to 
Well, and then there, the other perspective is like the outside point of view of people being like, but how can anyone with four kids and a husband, like, right, Anna Lee has the busiest life. Like she probably just wants like time alone, like the most valuable thing that we can picture for a mom of four would be like a weekend alone without anyone, right? But but that's not necessarily true but i think that is something that our society sort of holds that impression for other people or what they need and then you saying you're lonely could come off really shocked. like how can you be lonely of four kids in the house and you know yeah um, yeah lonely doesn't mean that you're sitting by yourself in a room mm -hmm. You can be surrounded by so many people yes. and still feel that way. Yes. And sometimes more so, right? When you're at the party and you're like, I don't connect with anyone here. I, like I've definitely felt lonely when I'm amongst people. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, I don't, this became sort of a talk on loneliness, but we have shame and being bitter about loneliness and all of, I mean, grief, we've talked about grief too. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, heavy emotions, they just come up, but if we maybe just look at parts of them or pieces of them or give ourselves a short window of time to connect with the heavy emotions. Mm -hmm. Well, and some of them like shame, for example, what's behind shame, you know? I'm so mm -hmm. curious about that. Like, is shame an initial feeling to something? Is it that primary emotion or does shame always show up as kind of a judgment of something else? I was thinking fear is a little bit behind shame because it's like- Yeah, the hoodie. Yeah, or what would be the, the opposite of shame would be confidence or what would that be? Like pride, is pride the opposite of shame? Yeah, I so, think confidence or feeling content. With so you're just feeling ashamed or like regretful of something that you've done or said or felt. Um, I mean, that's so hard because it's like you had the feeling, you said the thing, it's I think of shame as being in the past. Oh. Maybe we should wrap up. <laughs> Probably a good idea. I think the internet is trying to tell us something. Stop talking about shame. That's right. Like your time is up. Your flashlight is going out. It's time to get out of the basement and get back to life. <laughs> Put the box down and we'll pick another one up later next that's thursday right. that's right like take half of this stuff and put it in the van and drop it off for a donation that would be terrible just dropping off your shame to someone else's someone else can pick it up at the <laughs> thrift store yeah especially the donation and that's not a very charitable donation no. <laughs> here's my shame that's right it's used you can have it
It's like it's one of those boxes that we open up and we like touch one. it and it exposes it turns all to dust yes. instantly like a movie like it just evaporates and now it's not there anymore. I'm going to picture it that way. Yeah. That's a good note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> this actually did turn out to be a fun talk about heavy emotions. Yeah. Um, stay tuned for next week when we turn joy and um, peace into like some heavy, dark dive <laughs> in the opposite direction. Another scary box to unpack. <laughs> Leave it to Angie and Annalie to make it weird. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next week.